listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. You guys want to take a minute and share this today. This is going to be a very, very important broadcast. I don't know um, if it's going to extend over into tomorrow or not, because you know me, when I get onto the subject of, of depression and supernatural overwhelming joy... Um, it's one of my favorite things to uh, speak about. I honestly believe that uh, that God has put that in my heart as a lifelong uh, uh, message to preach. And so I'm, uh, I'm excited about today and, and possibly tomorrow. This is going to be a very, very important broadcast. Hey, Judy. Good morning. Thank you. Hey, Caitlin. God bless you. Love you, Caitlin. Um, so in just a moment, we're going to jump into this, but so very important to understand if you'll stretch your mind and, and, and actually look at what's going on around the world, many times it's easy for us to just get focused on where we are and only what we're doing, what we're experiencing. But if you'll stretch your vision, stretch your mind and see what's happening throughout the world, it's actually insane to see uh, what a change there's been in literally just maybe 10 to 15 years um, across this nation and around the world. Uh, in regard to uh, what the science and the scientific community would refer to as mental health, but what we as Christians understand as a spiritual problem or what the Bible calls a spirit of heaviness. And um, it's just amazing. Like I was thinking over the last 20 years alone, just the last 20 years um, about, you know, me being like leaving high school and, and not knowing anybody that was taking antidepressants or was in that uh, that state of chronic depression. And now, you know, they tell us that uh, almost one third of Americans are taking antidepressants and are dealing with that, uh, that issue in their life, depression, anxiety, many times now suicidal thoughts, what it lends itself to. And it's heartbreaking also to see, um, good morning, Good to see you. And Josh, good to see you as well. It's heartbreaking to see spiritual leaders as well that are literally supposed to be leading others that um, are now in a place where they are uh, being taken out by depression, suicide, anxiety, people leaving the faith. And, you know, I know it's an attack of the devil. And it's, it's not something that's natural. Once again, it's not a natural issue. It's supernatural and has to be dealt with in a supernatural way. So uh, that's what we're going to cover today. We're going to deal with six weapons that God's given us to combat depression. And uh, by the way, if you guys have never gotten a copy of this, this is the first book I ever wrote uh, entitled Praise, Laugh, Repeat, How to Live in the Power of Overwhelming Joy. And this is something that uh, it, it poured out of me, man. Like, I mean, the Lord, it was like, it was a conviction in my heart to write this book. And it came out of, uh, number one, ministering to people around this nation. And it came from seeing the attack of the enemy and crying, literally crying out to God. I, I spent time in fasting and prayer and, uh, and said, Lord, there's got to be an answer for this, this generation that's struggling, that's hurting. Good morning, Billy. And um, as I was fasting and praying, literally the Lord spoke to me and, um, and the Lord began to give me things from the word of God and put things in my spirit to study. And out of that came this book, Praise, Laugh, Repeat. Uh, if, you, if you've never, ever read this, I highly recommend, not because I wrote it, but because it was something God gave me uh, for this generation. Kelly says, God used your book and it saved me from depression. Praise God. Praise God. Um, and so I'm telling you, this is something that we need as a generation of believers that's in the final moments of time. We are in those last last moments. And, um, and so I'm going to show you a few things that God showed me. And I know it'll bless you and I know it'll help you. Um, and then at the end of this, this broadcast, I'm going to pray for people. It breaks my heart. And by the way, everybody that's on YouTube, the, the streaming going well on YouTube, Kelly, I just want to make sure because the last few days we've had some issues on YouTube. Want to make sure that everything's all right. Um, 
Thank you, Judy. I appreciate you saying that. But this is such a vital message. I mean, we're living in, uh, as I, I talked about at the beginning, we're living in a new kingdom with new benefits, literally. New kingdom with new benefits. You're not a part of this world system anymore, meaning you're not governed by this world system. You're not controlled by this world system. The reason I say that is because once you get saved, the Bible says you become an ambassador of Christ. An ambassador is someone who comes from another nation to represent that nation's interests in a foreign nation. I want to say that again because this is it's so important. This is what you become, an ambassador of Christ, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. An ambassador is somebody who leaves their home nation to abide in a foreign nation to represent their home nation's interests in a foreign nation. And so it's as though the Bible's teaching us and telling us that when we get saved, obviously, our home is heaven. Our nationality, we're, we are kingdom beings. We are from heaven. We started, our origin was in heaven. We're going back to heaven. But now we're in this world, but we're not of this world. So we are ambassadors. And what we're really anointed to do is we are literally anointed to, to further God's interests on the earth, further God's interests on the earth. So um, we, we want to deal with that today because here's the thing. If you're bogged down by depression, by anxiety, every attack of the enemy that's coming against you, then you're not going to be able to do what God's called you to do. Um, I, was, I was actually um, looking at a study and this was not done by Christians. This was actually done by uh, professors at a university. They did a focus group. In fact, they, they studied this for years before the book came out. And one of the things they were surprised to find was that every emotion that a human can have pushes them forward to take action except depression. Depression is the only one that makes people retreat and close themselves in. And uh, they, they said it was interesting to find that when you're excited, you move forward and do something. When you're in love, you move forward and do something. When you're angry, you move forward and do something. But when you're depressed, you, rec you, you recede, you, you retract, you retreat. And, and it causes you to cut off all action. That's what the devil wants. He wants you to stop advancing in the kingdom and to pull you back into a place where you can't perform what God's called you to perform. Um, Bonnie's asking, is the book the same as the devotional? No, actually. The book came out first. And then as a companion, I wrote a 40-day devotional that's a companion to the book, but it's all brand new content. So uh, they're two different books and both will be a blessing to you. So understand this. Um, if, we, if we don't get to the place where we can live in victory over depression and anxiety, it will literally keep us from accomplishing what God's called us to do. It will pull us back from taking action. It'll cause us to retreat into a place where we close ourselves in and don't accomplish the purpose of God on the earth. It is actually the plan of the devil for your life to stop you. He doesn't have to, thank you, Desiree. He doesn't have to uh, get you to leave the faith. He doesn't have to get you to renounce the name of Jesus Christ. He doesn't even have to get you to stop going to church. If he can just depress you, keep you in a place where you're that, that it, which is really a spiritual issue, but it affects, here's what's crazy. Although depression is a spiritual issue, it literally affects every part of your body of your three part being depression. Yes. A spiritual root, but it affects every part of your life. It starts in the spirit. The Bible calls it a spirit of heaviness. That's Isaiah chapter 61. And in fact, God told us that he would give us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. But I want to start by saying it starts as a spirit and it affects your spirit, man. But as you know, and as I know, what the world sees the most is it affects your mind. So that is your soul realm, your mind, your will, your emotions. They are affected. They are bogged down by a spirit of heaviness. So it, it bleeds over from your, your spirit man, and it, and it bleeds into your mental realm. 
And then it affects your thoughts. And then it affects your emotions. And obviously then it, it affects what, what choices you make and what things you do. And then it bleeds all the way over into your physical body. I want you to think about that. Bleeds all the way over into your physical body. So you will actually experience the effects of depression. You'll become tired. People have dealt with that. You know what I'm talking about. You become tired. You feel like sleeping all the time. You feel like just, I got to go lay down. I got to close myself in. I gotta, I'm just going to get to the, you know, it become, you become tired. It, it drains you. It drains you. That's actually scriptural, by the way. Um, if you didn't know that, it's, it's, it's a scriptural thing. We can find that in the Bible. That manifestation of depression can be found in the Bible. The Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10 that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So it brings us supernatural strength when we have joy. So on the other side of that, when we have depression, which also is supernatural, it actually saps us of strength and causes us to become tired. And when we become tired, we can't take action as God's called us to do. There's my friend, Dr. Jeff Williams. Love you. It's good to see you. Hope to see you soon. So you understand the devil's using this element against the body of Christ to keep us from producing what God's called us to produce in the kingdom. Jesus said regarding you and me, John 14 and verse 12, he said, the works that I do, you will do also. And even greater works than these will you do because I'm going to be with my father in heaven. So what he was saying is when I go to be with my father, I'll send you the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he will empower you so that you can do the works that I've called you to do. You'll become a witness. And in fact, he said in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So the Holy Spirit and his power, they equip you to walk in that kind of strength. But you know, what's interesting is just because the Holy Spirit is available doesn't mean that people take advantage of his presence or of his power. And I find that to be interesting. It's in the same way that there's many things that are available to people doesn't mean they avail themselves to those things. There's a lot of things you could do, but people don't do them. Here's a lot of things available to the, to the public, a lot of things available to your family, but people don't take advantage of things just because they're available. But see, because we're Christians, we have the availability of the Holy Spirit in our lives, but we've got to take advantage of our advantage. And I want you to write that in the comments. First thing today, we need to take advantage of our advantage. The Holy Spirit is our advantage. Over every single thing on this earth, the Holy Spirit is our advantage. So I want you to write that if you would in the comments. I need to take advantage of my advantage. I need to take advantage of my advantage. And here's the thing. We're going to deal with some things. And I told you there's six weapons that will combat uh, depression in your life. Six weapons that will combat depression in your life. And so I want to jump into that today with you guys. Uh, number one, that's not the number one, <laughs> Brittany, but I'm going to give you a number one now. Number one is this. Uh, I put it as the title in the book that was this, change your clothes. So number one, change your clothes. And I don't mean your natural clothes. I'm talking about your spiritual clothes. Let me read to you Isaiah 61 and verse three. The Bible says, uh, to those who mourn in Zion... I'll give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You see that? I'll give them beauty for ashes. I'll give them the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So the first weapon that we've been given by God to combat depression in our lives according to scripture, is the garment of praise. You change your clothes. You take off a spirit of heaviness, which the devil has tried to drape over you, and you put on a garment of praise. And you know, one of the biggest misconceptions that we have is we think praise is just part of the praise and worship service. And that's a, that's a dangerous thing to think like that. Uh, praise doesn't stop 
when the praise and worship service stops. Praise is a lifestyle discipline. Praise is a lifestyle discipline. Imagine if you only ever prayed when your pastor led you in prayer at church. You'd be in trouble. Prayer doesn't stop when you're done with corporate prayer, and neither does praise stop when you're done with corporate praise. There's a personal discipline of praise and worship that should be found in your life on a daily basis. In fact, many people uh, are willing to pray. You know, they'll think about praying often on a daily basis, but how many people actually take the time to think about praising on a daily basis? Change your clothes. Take off. You know, you have full control over this. Take off a garment of heaviness and put on a garment of praise. It is the divine trade-off from heaven. God said, I give you the weapon of praise. I give you the weapon of praise so that you can destroy the spirit of heaviness that's been sent against you. And you can walk in a place. There's my friend Raquel. Good to see you. You can walk in a place of overwhelming victory through your praise. Take time at home. You know, we're teaching our kids, Carolyn and I, we're teaching our kids to be praisers, to praise at home. Not to wait, you know, until we're in a church service or, or, or in a revival service, but we'll actually, uh, even if we're not in a, in a revival service, we will actually uh, take the time to put things on the TV. We'll live stream somebody else's service. We'll get involved in something else, maybe just a YouTube video, and we'll pull them into the, um, we'll pull them into the living room, and we'll, we'll just start uh, dancing, shouting, praising, and we're teaching them. What are we teaching them? To praise on a daily basis. If you guys missed it yesterday, I was telling a story about Teddy. And uh, Teddy doesn't, for some reason or another, doesn't like to go to kids' class at church. He likes to be on the front row, sitting with mom and dad, singing, praising, and, and listening to the preaching. And so he, he always gives us a hard time about going to class. But um, he, he just recently said to my wife, and she sent me the text message. He said, uh, he said I, I, you know, I don't want to go to class. I want to sit up there on the front row. I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. I'll, you know, I'll make sure I behave. And uh, she said, well, he said, I, 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 need, I need to learn to sing like daddy so I can stay in the big church service. And she said, are you also going to preach like daddy? He said, I don't know. What does he preach about? And she said, uh, well, he preaches about things about Jesus from the Bible. And he stopped and thought for a minute. He's like, mom, I need a Bible. <laughs> We're teaching him from a young age to be praisers and to be worshipers to be praisers and to be worshipers. That's, that's, that's what you've got to do. And the Bible says, if you'll train them up in the way they should go, when they're old, they won't depart. But if you ever stop to create for yourself a, a daily praise schedule, do you praise God on a daily basis? Do you actually take the time? You know, you may take the time to pray, but do you take the time to actually praise God, to give him glory for what he's already done and for who he is and what he's going to do. See, I like to break it down um, in those three ways. I like to praise God for what he's already done. That's scriptural. The Bible says that uh, in, in Psalm 150, that we're to praise him for his mighty acts of greatness. We praise him for his mighty acts of greatness. So that's things he's already done, things that we know he did that we can praise him for. I'm going to praise him for every good thing he's done in my life. I take time daily. My wife and I do daily. And we make sure that we know and recognize and remember that there's nothing in our life that we got ourselves. There's nothing in our life that we were blessed with because of how great we are. We make sure to constantly give the praise and glory back to God because there's nothing we have or have done that God didn't do for us or through us. He gets all the glory. So we praise him for, number one, his mighty acts of greatness. What am I doing? I'm praising him for what he's already accomplished in me or my family or my children, whatever, in my life, any area, financial, physical, mental, whatever. And I begin to praise him for those things. I'll start listing them. I'll start listing them and praising him for those things one by one. But then I love to praise him for who he is. You know, I like to praise him for who he is. What do I mean by that? Well, I like to praise him for uh, who the Bible says he is. I like to go back to the redemptive names of God in the Old Testament. 
Um, and I like to praise him for his personality. You ever think about that? I like to praise him because he's Jehovah Rapha, which means I'm the Lord that heals you. I like to praise him. Now, now I've already praised him for healing me. I've already done that because it's his mighty acts of greatness. I've already praised him for the times he's healed me in my life. But then I like to praise him that he is a healer. You know, I break those two things apart. I like to praise him that he is a healer, that his healing power is greater than any doctor's power, than any surgeon's power, than any hospital's ability. He is the healer. He is the one who heals our physical body. I like to thank him and praise him for who he is. I like to go back and thank him because he's Jehovah Shalom. He's the God of my peace. That in times when my mind shouldn't even have peace, that I have a peace that passes all understanding. You know what that verse really means? It just means people can see that you're peaceful in a time that you shouldn't be peaceful and wonder, how in the world is he so calm with all this going on? How in the world is she so calm with all this happening? Because you've got a peace that passes human understanding. Humans won't understand why you're that peaceful. It's something God's doing for you because he's Jehovah Shalom. And so I'll praise him because one of the parts of his personality is the God of my peace. And it's supernatural. I could, you know, I couldn't, there's no way that you could get anything that good in the natural, but it's from God. I like to thank him that he is Jehovah Ra. I praise him. The Bible calls him Jehovah Ra, which means the Lord is my shepherd. God, my shepherd. I thank him and praise him that he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He restores my soul. I praise him that he makes me lie down in green pastures, that he leads me beside still waters, that I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil because I have Jehovah Ra in my life, the Lord, my shepherd. I like to praise him for his personality traits. Amen. I like to praise him that he is Jehovah Jireh. I like to praise him that he's my provider. You know, I'm praising him for his personality traits, not just for what he's done in my life, but for who he is eternally. That's what I'm praising him for. Number one is that he is, you know, what's interesting is if he never has healed me in my life, if he never healed me one time, he's still the healer and I can still praise him that he's my healer because that's who he is and he is what he does. And then I thank him that he's Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider that I'll never go without. I praise him that I'll never be in lack. I'll never walk in poverty. I'll never walk in not enough because I serve Jehovah Jireh and I praise him that he's a supernatural provider. That the fact he provides for me is not based upon what the government's doing, what our economy is doing. It's not based upon what global banks are doing. It's not based on any of those things. It's based on the fact that he's the creator. He's the provider. He's the one who has all resources and can bless me at any time with anything. And I praise him for that. So I break this down on a daily basis. I pr number one, I'll praise him for what he already has done. But number two, I praise him for who he is as my God. And then I like to finish, and I do this also at the end of my prayer time. I like to praise him for what he's going to do. So what, what I mean by that is, after I've prayed, after I've asked him for things and said, Lord, would you please accomplish this in our lives, in our ministry, and in, in our family, you know, in our bodies, whatever I pray for. I don't just stop there praying for something. I then begin to thank him and I then begin to praise him for what he's about to do that hasn't come to pass yet. And here's why. The Bible tells us in Mark chapter 11, which is, I, I love this, in Mark chapter 11, the Bible tells us that there's a, an order when we're beginning to ask God for things, there's an order. And uh, listen, listen, let me read it to you. Mark 11, 22 through 24, Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Verse 23, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Now look at verse 24. This is the powerful part that I want you to see. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it 
and it will be yours. Stop right there and understand what the Bible's telling us to do. When you pray for something, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So here's the key. And I want you to write this in the comments as well. I believe I receive when I pray. That's what I want you to write. Everybody watching, pop that in the comments. I believe I receive when I pray. Not when I get it. Not when it comes to pass. Not when I can see it with natural eyes. I believe I receive when I pray. Anybody can do an end zone dance after the touchdown has already taken place. But understand, can you keep yourself in a place of praise before you see things come to pass? Can you, can you keep yourself in a place of praise and thanksgiving before you see anything change? And see, that's the key. The Bible tells us that we believe we receive when we pray. So that's why I do the third thing in my praising, which is I praise him for what he's about to do. Because I just prayed for it. I just thanked him for it, which means I believe it's already done, which means I can now praise him for it. Just like I was holding it in my hand, I can praise him for it because I believe I receive when I pray. I believe I receive when I pray. And so here's the key is that I'll start praising him, not just for what he's already done. And I'll start praising him, not just for who he is, but then I'll begin to praise him for what he's about to do, because I know he's about to do something new. I know he's about to come through with another answer to prayer. I know I'm getting ready to see a new level that I've never seen before. I believe that's it. Keep writing it. I believe I receive when I pray. I believe I receive when I pray. Thank you. Thank you. And hear that because that's the key is that your praise has to be preemptive. You've got to praise before the fact. Praise before. That's right. It's a sign of expectancy. I praise before the fact. I praise because of what the word says, not because of what I see. That's a very important key. I praise because of what the word says, not because of what I currently see. I praise him for what he's about to do. And let me tell you, when you start praising God for what he's getting ready to do, things begin to speed up in your life. Things begin to speed up and prayers begin to quickly be answered. They begin to quickly be answered. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Prayers are quickly answered. Now, that brings me to number two, is that receiving answered prayers, receiving answered prayers. The second weapon that God gives us to defeat depression is answered prayer. Answered prayer prayer. I want you to write it in the comment section. Number two, answered prayer. Now the Bible is very clear. God has a desire to answer your prayers. He has a desire to answer your prayers. Um, let me read you this verse of scripture from the gospel of John chapter 16 and verse 24, the gospel of John chapter 16 and verse 24, weapon number two, answered prayer, answered prayer. Listen to this, Jesus speaking here. He said, ask using my name and you will receive. You see that? Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. So that's the promise of Christ. You see that? That's the promise of Christ. That's gospel of John chapter 16 and verse 24. I want you to pop that in the comments. John 16, 24. Huh. Listen to it in the ESV. This is the English standard version. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So catch that. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full, which means that Christ uses answered prayer to give you fullness of joy. Christ gives you 
answered prayers to bring you fullness of joy. That's in the scripture. You see that there. He said, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. And so answered prayer. Now see, here's, here's the key. Answered prayer is what brings you fullness of joy, not prayer. Answered prayer, not just prayer. When you, gain, when you get your answers. And Jesus said, I want to give you answers. I want to give you answers that your joy may be full. So what's the thing that we're talking about here is actually receiving the end result of what you've been praying for. And there are things, and I want you to catch this because this is something that keeps people frustrated. I don't want you to be frustrated, but there are things that can keep your prayers from being answered. There are things that can keep your prayers from being answered. I did an entire course on Miracle Word University that I would love for you guys to check out. Uh, if you ever could browse after the broadcast to miraclewordu.com, that's the letter U, miraclewordu.com, that's where we have Miracle Word University hosted. And we did an entire course on answered prayer, how to receive answered prayer, four to five hours of teaching on answered prayer from the word of God. Those courses will stir your spirit and open your eyes to see things you've never seen before. But we take the time to teach. And why are we taking so long in that course to teach on how to receive answered prayer? Because you can pray and not receive answers. You can pray and actually be frustrated after your prayers are done if you're not praying properly. But let me give you a couple of things today by the power of God that, uh, and by the word of God that will bring you into answered prayer. Let me help you see how to get into that answered prayer so that your joy can be full. See, we're combating depression with the weapons God's given us from his word. And answered prayer brings joy. Not only does praise bring joy, but answered prayer brings joy. You know, I was, I was um, if I go back quickly to uh, the, the subject of praise, it's really interesting how it works because the Bible says in Psalm 22 and verse 3 that God inhabits the praises of his people. And then if he's inhabiting them, that means he's there. Well, Psalm 1611 says, in his presence is fullness of joy and at his right hand, pleasures forevermore. So when you're in his presence, you're in fullness of joy. It's a big trick of the enemy to keep us out of the presence of God. Listen, if you haven't taken a moment to share this broadcast yet, I highly encourage you to share this. There's so many people. One third of Americans are battling depression. One third of Americans are taking antidepressants. That just accounts for the ones who went in to get a diagnosis and to get a pharmaceutical uh, uh, um, prescription. Think about the ones that haven't gone to see anybody that are battling it, that don't take anything. There's an attack on this nation. There's an attack against this world. And we've got to know how to combat this and come against it. I'm tired of seeing spiritual leaders destroyed and Christians destroyed by depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. I'm tired of seeing it. We're coming against it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We're coming against it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And so... Praise brings us into that kind of power. But then again, answered prayers, number two. But there are some things that you've got to keep in place in your life to make sure your prayers can be answered. Number one, you've got to walk in love. You must walk in love. And here's why. The Bible says that faith works by love. Galatians chapter five and verse six. Faith works by love. So if your love isn't working, if you're in unforgiveness, if you're in hate, if you hate somebody for any reason, for the color of their skin, you know, because they're a man or woman, economic status, where they're from, it doesn't matter. If you hate somebody, racism, sexism, classism, whatever, then the love of God's not in you. And if you're not walking in love, you've got no faith working because faith works by love. Paul wrote to the Roman church and said, anything that is not of faith is sin. Anything that is not of faith is sin. And so you have to understand your love's got to be right if you want answered prayer. You've got to have forgiveness in your heart. You can't hold grudges against people. 
if you want to see your prayers answered, you have got to forgive and you've got to love. Number two, you have to pray according to the word of God. You can't pray things that God never promised and pray things that are not found in scripture and expect God to answer them because God only answers and honors his word. He only answers and honors his word. And so you have got to pray according to the word of God. That's why we provide you with prayer points in our app. If you, if you were to download the Miracle Word app for your phone or tablet, you can find it in the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store just by searching Miracle Word. Inside the app, we provide you with over 100, I believe it's 100 prayer points to get you started praying scriptural prayers with the scripture reference listed there for you. Why? Because it's so important that you pray the word of God so that your prayers may be answered, you see. And so, uh, number one, walk in love. Number two, pray according to the word of God. And then number three, don't allow double-mindedness or doubt to get in your heart. Don't allow double-mindedness or doubt to get into your heart. Don't allow it. Because the Bible says in the book of James chapter one, that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And that man should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. So if you're double-minded after you've prayed and you begin to doubt and you have, you, you're, you're, as the Bible says, you're driven and tossed like the waves of the sea. Well, I believe it. Then I don't believe it. Then I believe it. Then I don't believe it. Then I believe it. Then I don't. If you live like that, the Bible says you can't receive anything from the Lord. And that's not where God wants you to be. God wants you to be in a place where you can receive anything from heaven. And the key there, staying in faith, staying in faith, listen to preaching, listen to teaching, let your spirit be built so that you can stay in faith. Answered prayer is a powerful tool to keep you in a place of overwhelming joy, overwhelming joy. Hallelujah. Now, let me give you this number three, the third weapon that God has given us to destroy depression and Raquel, I'll talk. About, I'll, I'll answer that at the end of the broadcast here. Love you, and Curtis. Um, the third, the third weapon. I want you to write it down. Is supernatural GPS. I want you to write it like that. Supernatural GPS. The guidance of the Holy Spirit. The guidance of the Holy Spirit. Look at this. Now, I'm going to go back to that verse of scripture. There's my friend, Curtis. Love you. I'm going to go back to that verse of scripture to show you a different part of it because I want you to see this. Psalm 1611, where I talk to you about the power of praise. But listen to this for supernatural GPS. You will, this is the psalmist speaking unto God. You will make known to me the path of life. And in your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. But notice that first phrase, you will make known to me the path of life. Not the, I want you to see what the Bible says. It doesn't say the paths. It doesn't say the paths. It says the path. So for every person's life that's watching me, there is a path, not many paths a path, which means God has a plan for your life. And one of the reasons people are frustrated, one of the reasons people are depressed, one of the reasons people are anxious is because they're not doing what God has called them to do. They're doing what they either want to do or what somebody else has told them they should be doing. And when you're not doing what God's called you to do, here's the dangerous part. In fact, I'll read it to you from Psalm 127 and verse one. Listen to this. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. The work of the builders is wasted. You see that? How crazy is that? That means that you could be doing your own thing for 20 years and it's a waste of time because it's something God never called you to do. So as a result, if God never called you to do it, you're spinning your wheels. I don't want to just do anything. I want to be involved in what God's called me to do. Because see, when he does what, when I do what he called me to do, the fulfillment of the Holy Ghost is in that. 
My joy is in that. And that's why the Bible says, you show me the path of life. I want to be on his path for my life. I want to be on his path for my life. When you are on his path, you'll lack nothing. Hallelujah. That's what Psalm 23 is all about. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack. Why? I'm on his path. I'm on his path. Look at, look at this here. Uh, Luke twenty two thirty five. Now, Jesus had sent his disciples out on a mission, on a task. They were doing what he called them to do. They were doing what he commissioned them to do. But look what he asks them when they return from their work that he called them to do. Verse, 20, uh, verse 35 of Luke 22. He said, when I sent you. Now, see that? That's the prerequisite. That's the key. Jesus said, when I sent you without any money belt or bag or sandals, did you lack anything? And they said, no, nothing. You see that? Luke twenty two thirty five. 35. He said, when I sent you out without any bag, money bag, sandals, extra clothes, walking stick, all that. He said, did you ever lack one thing? And they said, Lord, we didn't lack anything, anything. You know how, you know why that's so powerful? Because in that group was doubting Thomas. And if there was even one moment where they missed a meal, where they were, he didn't have a place to stay, you better believe he'd have spoken up. He said, actually, Lord, there were a few times in there where we, where we weren't, weren't making it. No, every one of them answered Christ and said, we lacked nothing. Well, why did they lack nothing? Why were they in that place of complete rest, complete joy? Because the Bible says he had sent them and they were operating in something he had called them to do. So as a result, check this out, when you're on the path of life that God has for you, this is why supernatural GPS is such a vital tool for every believer. Finding your calling, finding your purpose, and doing what God's asked you to do is so powerful because when you do it, it brings you into a place of overwhelming joy by staying on the path of God for your life. Let me read you a verse of scripture that I love to read from Isaiah, uh, the prophet Isaiah uh, chapter 48. And this is God's desire when he leads you. Isaiah 48, 17, listen to this. Thus says the Lord, your redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit and leads you in the way you should go. You see that? I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit and leads you in the way that you should go. So there's a way you could go and there's a way you should go. There's a way that you could go by yourself, but then there's a way God's leading you, a way you could go and a way you should go. But when you go the way you should go, hallelujah, I want you to catch this today. When you go the way you should go, according to God himself, he said, I will teach you to profit. You'll not be in lack. You'll not be in poverty. You'll not be in less than enough or just enough. You'll be in the more than enough. You will have profitability because you've walked in my steps that I've governed for your life and for your path. You show me the path of life and in your presence is fullness of joy. God has a plan for you personally. Discover that plan. See, when you discover that plan, there's people that are all tore up about stuff. You know, they're tore up about, I, don't, I just don't know if I'm doing what I should be doing. I'm just, I feel so lost. I feel so confused. And the reason is because they've not gotten God's plan for their life. They've not found God's plan. Do you know that there are people who have gone to college, people that have gone and changed their major, you know, 13 times. They, they've just, they went in thinking that they were going to uh, do one thing. And they said, well, no, I think I'll do something else. No, I don't like that. I'll do something else. No, I don't like that. I'll do something else. And the reason that they're living that way is because they don't know what they should be doing. They're, they're searching. They're trying things out. They're testing things out because they don't know what they should be doing. But you can know. You can know what you should be doing by the direction of the Holy Ghost. He's come to lead you and guide you into all truth. 
the Bible says. The Holy Spirit has come to lead you and guide you into all truth. Send me a message, Curtis. So understand when you walk in that way, listen to what Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. He said, bodily training is of some value, but godliness is of value in every way. It holds promise for the present life and for the life to come so that there's actually a benefit for obeying the Lord in this life. And that's not just obedience to his written word, it's obedience to his spoken word. When he leads you by speaking to you, because there's things you're not gonna find in the Bible for your life that you need. The Bible's not gonna tell you who to marry. The Bible's, it's gonna give you parameters, but it's not gonna tell you her name or his name. The Bible's not gonna tell you which job to take. It's not gonna tell you which house to buy or where to live or where to go to church. These are things that you've gotta be led by the Spirit in. So if you're not going to be led by the Spirit, you're gonna miss out on the blessings of God in the plan he's created for you. He has created a plan for you. He cares about even the smallest details of your life. God does. He cares about even the smallest details of your life. He wants to bless you. He wants to see you walking in that blessing. He wants to see you experiencing that blessing. And notice this. If he's going to bless you, then you've got to follow his plan. He's already pre-recorded a plan for your life. And he now gives you the option. He now gives you the option. Are you going to follow my instructions? See, he's not going to force you to do it as some think that God just makes us do anything that we're doing. Nothing happens unless he, he says it because he forces us to do it. If that's true, what do you say about people who, who walk in sin that are Christians and fall back into sin? Is it because that was God's plan for their life and he's sovereign and he makes everything happen? No, he has given us a free will to either obey him or disobey him. He doesn't want us to disobey him. He wants us to obey him. He wants us to see the blessing, to walk in the blessing. And he's got blessing planned for your life. I can tell you that right now. He's got blessing planned for your life. Amen. And the key is finding your purpose, finding your plan from God. How do I catch my purpose? How do I catch my plan from God? I've got to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and be able to walk in that power, walk in that plan, walk in that purpose. And when you do, you know what the Bible says? The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord when he delights in his way. So check this out. When we decide to delight in the ways of God, when we, when we decide to delight in the things of God, Delight ourselves in prayer, delight ourselves in fasting, delight ourselves in giving, delight ourselves in serving, delight ourselves in honoring, delight ourselves in uh, spreading the gospel, winning the lost. Then God begins to speak. God begins to lead us, to guide us. Our steps will be ordered, but we can't have ordered steps if we don't get involved with the instructions. And the instructions come from the engineer of our blessing, who is God. He has a plan to bless you. So number one today, the first weapon to destroy depression is praising God on a daily basis. Number two, the second weapon to destroy depression is to have answered prayer in your life. If we're going to have answered prayer, that means we've got to pray. We've got to start praying. We can't have answered prayer if we've never prayed. Do you know it's an interesting uh, story? I remember Brother Kenneth E. Hagin telling a story one time, uh, and I'm going to take some questions for you guys, from you guys in just a moment. Uh, if you have some questions ready for me, I'm going to take a few at the end of this broadcast. But I remember Brother Hagin saying when he was a pastor, he would call people down to the altar at the end of the service, um, usually every week, and just have them pray. He said, just pray. I want you guys to just begin to pray. And um, as they're praying, he said, I started to run a test. I started to run a little poll. I'd come down off the platform and I would actually walk through the crowd of people at the altar and I'd stop them while they're praying and say, hey, what are you praying about? What are you praying for? What are you praying about? What are you praying for? And uh, he said, you know, the majority of them would just say, well, you know, I don't know. I'm just praying. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just praying. I don't know. He said the majority. He said eight out of 10 to nine out of 10 people that he'd stop and talk to at his own altar 
He'd say, what are you praying about? And the majority of them would say, I don't know, I'm just praying. And he, he came to the conclusion at the end, he said, this is why many people are, are frustrated because how do you know if God has answered your prayer if you don't even know what you're praying about? I mean, think about that. How do you know that God has answered your prayer if you don't even know what you're praying about. Now, he said, now I realize that some prayer is just us fellowshipping with God. And I understand that some prayer is just fellowship. He said, but how can you know if God's answered your prayer? So how can your joy be made full from answered prayer if you don't know what you're praying about? That's why we encourage heavily focused prayer, focused scriptural prayer point based kind of prayer that we know exactly we're focused on what we believe what we need what God said about it and we're pressing in to receive it focused prayer because God wants to bless us but how can we know if we've gotten those answers if we don't even know what we're praying about or how to pray that's the other thing some people the reason that they find themselves in doubt and unbelief is because they're not really sure if God wants to answer the prayers that they're praying. Do you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. And this is one, this breaks my heart. It's one of the biggest frustrations, right, to me in, in the body of Christ. And it's in regard to healing. Because people have taught healing improperly for so many years that there are people who they're not even sure it's God's will to heal them. It's not even, they're not even sure if it's God's will to heal all. And so when they pray, you know, their prayers get messed up and then double-mindedness gets mixed into their prayers and they start praying like this. Well, Lord, you know, if it's your will to heal me of this, then please heal me. You know, if it's your desire to heal me of this issue, then please heal me. And what they're really doing there is inserting double-mindedness. They're saying, well, Lord, I'm not sure if it's your desire to heal me of this. I'm not sure if it's your will to heal me of this, but if it is, then please heal me of this issue. And that, that's double-mindedness because now they go away from that prayer thinking, well, I wonder if it is his will. I wonder if it is his desire. I'll just have to see by whether or not I receive the, the answer to prayer. And that's not how you receive answers to prayer. You go in with a boldness and a knowing based on the word of God. This is what God said. This is what he promised. This is what my covenant is all about. This is what I can receive. And I'm now going by boldness and by faith to receive it from God and declare, I will have what God's word said I can have. No doubting. No doubting in my spirit, no doubting in my mind. And because people don't know what God's will is. See, that's why we have to have the word. That's why when we give you prayer points, we give you scripture to back them up because God honors his word, but his word also makes us sure of his nature and his ability. And so that's why we give you those resources within the Miracle Word app. We want you to have a resource to start your prayer. We're not trying to govern your prayer, obviously. We just want to give you a starting point to leap out into prayer by the Word of God and give you a, a, a starting place to begin. But I'm telling you, we have got to know what God's desire is, His plan is, and by boldness, take the promises of God and to run with them. And number three for today, and finally, we'll finish tomorrow with the final three, that we've got to know the plan of the Holy Spirit for our lives, the plan of God. What does he want me to do with my life? What does he want me to do? What direction am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to be doing in a career? Who am I supposed to marry? Where am I supposed to attend church? Which house to buy? God's interested in every last detail of your life, every detail, every, every detail. And so by walking in his plan, by walking in his purpose, there's overwhelming and abundant joy in following the plan of God. Everything that's a harassment against your life doesn't have access to you when you begin to follow the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. So when, when he's my shepherd, he carries a rod and a staff, the Bible says, Psalm 23. The rod is for your enemies. He will beat your enemies away from your path. The Bible says in Psalm 68, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. That means when you're following the shepherd and he's arisen in your life, every enemy of your life is scattering from you today in Jesus' name. 
The Bible says one of our one of our promises in Old Testament covenant is that your enemies may come out against you in from one direction, but they will flee from you in seven directions. Hallelujah. Your enemies may come out against you in one direction, but they will flee from you in seven directions. They'll run from you and run from your life. Glory to God. They will run from you and run from your house. They'll run from your children. They'll run from your body. They'll run from your mind. They'll run from your marriage. They'll run from your finances. They may come out in one direction, but they'll flee from you in seven directions. That's God's plan. Because you're following the shepherd, he holds the rod. And the rod is to beat away every enemy of your soul. And God fights your battles for you and brings you into overwhelming joy. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, get ready for overwhelming joy like you've never had. Get ready for overwhelming joy like you've never had. Every attack of depression, every attack of anxiety, suicidal thoughts, we're taking authority over those things today. Father, I pray for every person that's watching this broadcast right now. I ask you, Lord, touch them. Insert overwhelming joy into their life like they've never experienced. Meet with them today. I take authority over every attack against their mind, every harassing force that's trying to take them out. And I rebuke that thing and command it to loose its grip on them today in the mighty name of Jesus. And as they follow your word, I thank you that we're walking into that overwhelming joy like we've never known in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I want you to guys, if you have any questions, pop them up into the comment section. Listen, here's what I want to do. For every person that sows a seed of $100 or more into this ministry, I'm going to sign a copy of this book, Praise, Laugh, Repeat, and I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to sign it to you and your family, and I'm going to send it to you. For those of you that are sowing $100 or more into our ministry this month, the month of September, this is what I'm going to send you to be a blessing to you as well and tell you thank you. There's many ways you can do it. If you'd like to sow a seed right in Facebook, you can sow a seed by putting hashtag donate in the comments section. Uh, if you'd like to, if you're watching on YouTube and you'd like to go to uh, uh, the website to sow, miracleword.com, and you can sow a seed there. We're accepting PayPal and Cash App as well. If you like to use those um, those formats to give on PayPal, you can find our ministry at info at miracleword.com. That's the PayPal email address, info at miracleword.com. If you'd like to use the Cash App, to sow today instantly and quickly, it is dollar sign miracle word. Dollar sign miracle word. And for every person, as I said, that sows $100 or more this month, the month of September, I'm gonna send you a signed copy of this book, Praise, Laugh, Repeat. Very first book I ever wrote. Got more coming out very soon, but this will be a massive blessing to you. And I know it'll, it'll stir your faith and bring you into overwhelming joy. And I'll do that to say I thank you and I love you guys. We're preparing the fall edition of Miracle Word Magazine right now that's gonna ship very quickly and very soon. If you'd like to get a copy of it and you don't receive our magazine in the mail, you can go to miracleword.com forward slash live and you can right there on that form, fill it out and we will put you on the list to receive the magazine as well as to receive our weekly emails that go out that I send out to each of you that are a part of that family. And then also, yeah, thank you, Angela. It's That's that's the uh, cash app uh, name, uh, dollar sign miracle word, just like that. Um, and then also let me say this as well. Um, there's so many people that have been watching these broadcasts and now they're watching them simulcast on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, but there's so many people that can't stay for the whole thing and sometimes uh, it gets a little harder with so much content coming out for people to find the thing that they wanted to find. So one of the things that we're doing to now help you guys even further is that we're not just leaving these archived on Facebook and on YouTube, but now we're taking these daily broadcasts and instantly putting them up on the podcast as well. So now for the first time ever, you can get all of the audio of all of these daily broadcasts from Facebook and YouTube uploaded directly to the podcast. So wherever you listen to our podcast from, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, or Spotify, whatever, 
CastBox. I'm on everything. Uh, wherever you listen to the podcast, you can get these uh, daily broadcasts, the audio version, so that you can listen at, at your own leisure, whether you're driving, working, um, doing chores at home, sitting around, whatever. It makes it easy for you guys. So you have to keep your phone open and watching something. If you, most people don't have YouTube Premium, or, and, and Facebook makes you keep your phone open. YouTube makes you keep your phone open. So if you'd like to just shut it off and go for a walk, whatever, we're popping it up for you guys daily so you can have it on the podcast as well. That doesn't mean that I'm going to stop doing the normal podcast weekly that I've been doing where I sit down at the mic and, and talk to you guys. I'm still going to do those episodes as well, but you'll have these as a bonus um, as well. And to make it uh, easier for you to find what you were looking for, we're putting the title, but then also the date that it was aired live on Facebook and YouTube. So it'll be there for you guys as well. I love you guys. Um, I'll be back again tomorrow morning. We're going to finish this two-part series on six weapons uh, that destroy depression. We're going to come back tomorrow with part two, and I'll be live at 10.30 a.m. I love you guys. If you want to check out where I'm going to be uh, very soon, starting this Sunday coming, I'm going to be in um, Hobart, Indiana, and all the information is on our website as well. And then the next, and then I'll be there Sunday through Wednesday. And then uh, starting Friday, I'm going to be in Evansville, Indiana. That'll be Friday, Saturday, Sunday at Connection Church uh, with pastors Daryl and Pam Rice. And so that's going to be uh, the, the same week, just the last part of the week. So all the information's on the website, where we're going to be. I love you guys too. And uh, I appreciate you hanging with me every single day. Once again, don't forget, for every person sewing $100 or more this month, you're going to get a signed copy of Praise, Laugh, Repeat that I'm going to send to you just to say that we love you. Uh, maybe if you guys will get on social media and harass Sister Carolyn Shuttlesworth, First Lady Carolyn Shuttlesworth, she'll jump back on the broadcast again with me. She's been busy, but I always miss having her on, and I know you guys too. Give her a shout out. Tell her you miss her. I love you guys. I'll be back with you again tomorrow morning, 1030. Talk to you very soon. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.